0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Flock Talk, a podcast hosted by Everything Underscore Ravens on Instagram. My name is Logan. I run the Instagram account at Everything Underscore Ravens. I'm joined here today by one of the most popular names in the Ravens YouTube world, Inc. Raven Bids. What's up? Hey, what's going on? I
1: appreciate you having me on.
0: Yeah, so we're not going to waste any time. Let's get right to it. big game today. The Ravens clinched the AFC North and the number one seed in the AFC with an absolute blowout over the Miami Dolphins. What were your initial thoughts on that game?
1: Oh, man, I um, I was just shocked. I was shocked because I did not see the game going like that. I did uh, always think the Ravens were going to win, but I thought it was going to be an extremely close game, not a uh, complete blowout um one of my favorite things about this game that we watched from the baltimore ravens against the dolphins uh just i like how they close it out um i like how they did not leave anything in doubt um as opposed to because obviously everybody was thinking about the ravens dolphins game from last year from mt bank stadium even at points in this game where the baltimore ravens had a significant lead people were still thinking "Uh oh well are the Dolphins going to come back or the Ravens going to give up that big fourth quarter lead, a big second half lead like they did last time? But the Ravens were like, no. And, and when the Dolphins, they scored a touchdown to make it a 16 point game because they went for two, uh, but they didn't get it. Uh, so it's a 16 point game. So it was looking like, oh, the Dolphins are starting to maybe possibly come back now. But then the Ravens scored a touchdown right after that. And then they scored another one and another one and another one. So I, I just really liked how they they, they closed it out and, and they finished the game.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I think last year's game was definitely on this team's mind still. They may say it wasn't, but it definitely was. Like you saw, they just kept piling it on. They really wanted to make a statement because I think this team's really motivated. Last week you saw they were underdogs against the 49ers. They wanted to make a statement in this game, in that game. And then you had this game where they played the Dolphins for that number one seed in the AFC with obviously last year's result. And they really just wanted to bring it to them.
1: Mhm. Yeah, for sure. That 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 game they had to be have been thinking about the game from last year. They had to be, uh, especially with it being pretty much the, the same team um and just uh, so much of what went on in that game. Um just wanted to get over that and get past that and be a much better Baltimore Ravens than they were at that point in time last season. And this game, just like a lot of other games this year have already proven they're much better than they were last year and they're much more prepared and they're a lot more, um, they're a lot more mature of a football team than they were back then.
0: Oh yeah. That's what some people were kind of alluding to before this game started. I've seen comments being like, I don't want the Ravens to be the first seed because we all saw what happened last time they were the number one seed. But like you were saying, they're more mature, and that goes back to, like, the 2019 season. I think this team just night and day more mature. You even saw Lamar Jackson after the game when he was being interviewed by Evan Washburn from CBS. He was just kind of like, we're not done yet. We still got work to do. This is cool, but we're not finished. So I really like to hear that.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. And it just shows – uh the focus of Lamar Jackson, really of the whole Ravens team. Uh, I remember Mark Andrews, I think earlier, before the season even started, Mark Andrews was talking about Lamar Jackson, and he he said that Lamar Jackson had elite focus. Um And I had never dis- heard focus described like that before. Uh, but it made sense. And, and we've seen it, and we've heard it from Lamar Jackson all year, Uh whether it's after a win, whether it's after the, the, the few losses that they have had, but certainly after wins, and even after big wins. Like, he'll be like, oh, yeah, we're glad we got the win and whatnot, but the job's not done yet. We still got a lot more work to do. We still got a long ways to go. So it, it, that's very, very important. Um, especially when you compare this and I, I hate with the, I hate the comparisons, but, uh, when you compare this to the 2019 season, you look at the 2019 season, uh, they getting big wins like this. They jumping around, celebrating. And, and that's a good thing. Ain't nothing wrong with that at all because you should be happy when you win. But with this team, while they have, they still be celebrating, they still enjoying themselves, but it's just different because they're not as it's not as flashy as celebrations before. They still having a good time, like we saw the the, the post game where they went the locker room, John Harbaugh dancing and all that too. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. As they, should, <laughs> as they should be, but at the same time, they know that there's a lot more work to be done. So while they're celebrating, uh, you you hear it in Lamar's voice especially uh, when he speaks after the games that yeah, it's just it's not enough. Like, they got the AFC North Champs this year. Great. They number one seed in the AFC. Even greater. But they, they still know that they have so much, uh, in front of them. Uh, but, and it's important that they continue having that mindset. Now, I can't, and I know Ravens like the, the mentality of an underdog. I, I can't call a number one seed an underdog, though. But with the Baltimore Ravens, they, um, they want to, still be thinking as if they're underdogs obviously a lot of people um despite the Ravens success this year uh, despite the context of the playoff games a lot of people when they talk about Lamar Jackson the Baltimore Ravens they say one in three one in three one in three in the playoffs and uh that is true that is what his record is as a starter in the playoffs it is one in three um so it's up to them to fix that this year it's up to him uh to change that this year. Uh and they know they 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 are focused they are extremely locked in and I definitely think that they're going to do it.
0: Oh yeah, I fully agree with them just being focused cuz the MVP the number 1 seed, Lamar's already been in this situation before. I yeah. I think he doesn't really I mean, he's obviously very happy to win his second MVP, but He's looking beyond that because he's wanting to prove that this time it's not a fluke. Cause after that 2019 game versus Tennessee, I hate to bring it up, but everyone was just talking all this rubbish, like just talking, 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 saying it was a fluke. And I think the Ravens are really out to prove that it is different this time. This team's matured way more locked in. And I think just mm-hmm. having that extra bye week from, uh, in the wild card round, getting guys healthy, such as Kyle Hamilton, Brandon Stevens, Marlon Humphrey, some of those O-line guys, I think that will be critical, too, going into that divisional round game.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure, because, like, you want to be the best you can possibly be um, for the playoffs Uh, because regular season is cool, but now regular season, your regular season is not necessarily done because you obviously still had a game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, but at the same time, nothing you do next week Against the Steelers will change anything about your postseason. Uh, whether you won or lost, you still be the number one seed. Um, so you have some significant guys who are banged up. Marlon Humphrey, he left the game today. Kyle Hamilton, he didn't even play. Brandon Stevens didn't even play. Uh, Zay Flowers, he was banged up this game, but <laughs> I mean, you couldn't tell, which was a good thing. Uh, we lost Arthur Millette, uh, periodically throughout this game. Uh, we lost Daryl Worley this game. We lost Michael Pierce this game. Um, so a lot of people ended up getting hurt. Uh, nothing expected to be serious, anything like that, which is good. Unfortunately, I can't say the same about the Miami Dolphins because Bradley Chubb. I know they were saying that they fear he tore his ACL, which sucks. That's terrible for them. Um, but with the Baltimore Ravens, they, they have an opportunity and, and they don't just have an opportunity, but they created an opportunity, uh, for themselves with how good they've been this year and how they've closed it out, uh, this year. Um, and they, they, they've given themselves this opportunity to get the number one seed so they can rest a lot of those guys who are hurt. So yeah, come playoff time, they can be as fully healthy as they could possibly be.
0: Oh yeah. And this game today, uh, obviously I saw some like comments in my mentions as, during that first drive when the Dolphins just kind of seamlessly drove down the field. And I believe Mm -hmm. that first drive, it was kind of just Mike McDaniel doing all the that flashy scheme and getting those levels, that motions. I think it was really kind of confusing the Ravens' defense. But I think as the game went on and you saw guys like Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen get settled in, you saw Mike McDonald, our Mike, making adjustments, I think you really just saw a complete change in defense after that first quarter. Mhm. Yeah,
1: that I I was worried. I was worried early on because Dolphins just made it look so easy. They they literally walked right down the field on that first drive. Then even the second drive too, they went right down the field. But the only reason that they didn't score a touchdown on that second drive too is because Tyreek Hill dropped it. So they um they were making it look super easy against Ravens defense early on. But yeah, like you mentioned, those adjustments. And, and I love that the Baltimore Ravens they not only made adjustments, but they made them early on. They didn't even wait till uh second half to make adjustments they made a lot of adjustments in the second quarter because that defense they they started showing up a lot bigger in the second quarter and they started really getting a better feel for Tour what he w- liked to do where he wanted to go uh and you could really see that when um when the dolphins almost feel like they rushed the play but wasn't complaining at all uh the play right before two minute warning um uh, where dolphins they were driving the ball they had the ball and Tua he dropped back I mean, he snapped it, like, right at two minutes, but he snapped it, and Roquan Smith just jumped the lane and picked it off perfectly. Um, So these Ravens, they they keyed in on defense, even though, like we talked about earlier, they had started losing different guys on defense, but they were still able to hold it down against a really, really, really good offense.
0: Oh, yeah, Miami was kind of killing us with that levels concept to the second uh, level of the field early on in that game. But as you mentioned, that Roquan Smith, interception he kind of read to it all the way and knew exactly where he was throwing that ball and like Roquan just the impact he makes overall on this defense just how smart he is how he can just make adjustments on the fly like that and really get everyone else in position to make plays like that I think it's really special and in a way it kind of does remind me of Ray. Mm -hmm. Yeah for sure Roquan Smith um he
1: has brought a lot to this Baltimore Ravens defense and he has just helped allow them to have such a level of overall consistency. Yeah, they'll have a um a rough game here a bad game there, but the the rough and bad games are are far and few. Uh it's not very many of them. Um this defense has just really been good, uh, especially since he's been with the Baltimore Ravens and then you see um how they've been even just this year alone, uh, with Roquan Smith, him being able to have his first off season uh, with the Baltimore Ravens. It's made a big difference in just allowing him to take that next step, uh, as a leader, uh, for them and just really calling the shots. And Roquan Smith, the thing I appreciate about him, Roquan Smith, he'll run his mouth. He will run his mouth. He will talk his trash. Um, but he'll back it up. He'll, he'll back it up. So it's important that you have people uh, like that, just with that dog inside of them, because not everybody's built like that. Not everybody is is built to be a leader. And that's fine. Um, But Roquan Smith definitely is. And his leadership on this team, not only leadership, but because you can be a good leader but you could also be somebody who is just good at leadership, but you're not that good on the field. But Roquan Smith obviously is both. So when you have a good leader that also backs his talk up on the field, it just makes for a perfect combination. That's why Roquan Smith, that's why he's getting his 20 mil per year, Uh and that's why he has been a big part of the Baltimore Ravens being in the position at the end, especially on defense.
0: Oh, yeah, and with the defense too is I just think these past three weeks – This late in the season, getting tested against Sean McVay one week, then getting tested against Kyle Shanahan, then Mike McDaniel, three of the consensus best young offensive minds in the game. I think that's going to go a long ways because this defense knows how to adjust to that and knows, and they're really. I feel like down the road they're not going to really be fooled by anything because they they're kind of seeing like all these fancy bells and whistles plays right now.
1: Mhm. That that's a really really good point. Um, because you think about offenses like like the Dolphins that we saw today. Um, and they're similar to the 49ers, where they just they have a lot of guys in motion. There's a lot of pre-snap movement before it's just about every play. And then on top of that, not just the movement, but the people that are moving. Like there's some real good playmakers. The Dolphins, Tyreek Hill. Um, on a normal day, it'd be uh Jalen Waddle. Uh a chain uh Raheem Mostert, but um, then last week the forty ers guys like debo christian McCaffrey kidder like both teams they have some serious weapons uh and serious playmakers um but the baltimore ravens they they shut all that down um eventually There's, they they started off slow uh in each game, but once they got it going they they got it going and they kept it going um so that's really important. That does bowl well for them moving forward. Um, especially against, cause there's, there's not many teams in my opinion that run offense like those guys. Um, not the Chiefs. I know they'll have some people in motion every now and then, but it's just, it's different with them versus like the Dolphins or the 49ers and whatnot. But yeah, like you mentioned, this does help them out a lot and it'll, they'll be able to see a lot of stuff moving forward that they've seen throughout the regular season. So when you've seen something already, Uh, that allows you to be even more prepared for it.
0: Oh yeah, no, a hundred percent. And offensively, I think they're just going to be just as seasoned going into this playoff run. I think today you saw Todd Markin was in his absolute bag (laughs) right from the get go. Like that first play to Bateman, unfortunately, they couldn't connect. Beautiful play call. They called that Mm -hmm. kind of pick to uh get Justice Hill up the seam. That got called back. But you saw after that, the Ravens didn't, weren't really phased. They just kept running what they wanted to do. And you saw Mockin when we got down in the red zone. He called that same exact play to Justice Hill. They just executed that pick better to get him open and then get mm-hmm. the OPI called. So I just think looking at that and then J- Ravens coming out, making a statement offensively like that, and then the game progressing and the offense not slowing that at all. I think that was really special because the Dolphins do have a, Really tough defensive front, Mm -hmm. led by Christian Wilkins, Ozzie Newsom's last pick, Zach Seiler, Brad Chubb, who unfortunately got hurt at the end of the game. Prayers for him. Have some studs on that back end, like Jalen Ramsey, like Xavier Howard, who also got hurt. But they they have Javon Holland, so I think the Ravens just consistently going pedal to the metal offensively like that. I think that bodes well for us.
1: Yeah, it really does. And something that you mentioned, um, about this game, they did what they wanted to do. And they did. Like, you did not see much pushback, uh, from the Miami Dolphins at all when it came to stopping the Ravens on offense. Um, even with some calls that were a little ticky tacky or whatnot, um, the Ravens, they did what they wanted to do. They continued to move the ball downfield, they continue to take their shots. They got a lot of different people involved. Um, passing game, running game, everything. And, and the offensive line, I know they gave up one sack, um, but the offensive line, they did a really, really good job today. Uh, it just seemed like Lamar was just back there chilling. And you know, when Lamar, like, if he has time in the pocket, then it's it's usually it's not game, good. game over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's what he had today. He was um he he was dicing them up, he was carving up the dolphins, and it was just it's beautiful to see. Um, when, when Lamar talked about throughout different times this season about them not peaking too early, and I, I definitely don't think they did peak too early, but um, they seem like they 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 hit in this sort of stride. Because uh, I remember last week, I feel like last week the offense it obviously didn't look nearly as good as it did this week, and you still were going up against a tough defense. But last week, even with a shaky offense, even though they had uh, some points that they left on the field, they still scored thirty-three points. Um, and and there's been times in the past too this season where the offense hasn't looked all that but they still put up over 30 points. Now today, this was a game where they didn't really leave much points on the field and they put up over 50. So it's like if this offense can just – it's unrealistic to expect them to score 50 points every game. So we're not saying that at all. Um, It would even be unrealistic, in my opinion, to expect them to score 40 every game. Um, But if this offense can really just continue that stride, um to where they're getting over thirty points a game. Uh, which is doable for this offense. Even when they don't look so good or so crisp or so smooth, if they can just continue that, um, then they they a problem, man. They they are a problem, especially when you couple this offense with their defense and like we talked about earlier, guys getting healthy, right? Ravens are dangerous to Oh
0: yeah, and it's and this offense wasn't even fully healthy today. We were missing some of our offensive line, like Kevin Zeitler, but the O-line did play really well. Ben Cleveland, I thought, had a fantastic game today. And then uh also on offense, we will hopefully get Mark Andrews back in the fold come playoff time, which I think just adds a whole nother wrinkle into the things because you have Lamar building that chemistry with Likely. You have Likely just playing out of his mind right now, playing really confident. You had Andrews back into the fold. And I really – it's hard for me to see someone stopping this offense with the way Lamar's playing right now. Like he – you heard the MVP chance throughout this game. He kind mm-hmm. of – I thought he put a stamp on it last week, but if there's still any doubts about that, he definitely did this week. I mean, five touchdowns, 300 yards. You really can't ask for anything better from QB1. Yeah. And that, that, that's real
1: right there. Um, last week, yeah, that, that put him at the front of the race. And this week, it, it just really continued to seal the deal. Like he showed like, okay, I, I could turn it on like this and th- this is what I can do and this is what I'm capable of. And I've done this stuff before, but let me just show y'all one more time again. So yeah, Lamar, that MVP is is his man. It's it's his, and I think no matter what Tua does next week, no matter what Dak Prescott does next week, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Brock Purdy, um, just Tyreek Hill, uh, that's Lamar really. He sold it up, and, and the the reason why I I feel like it's definitely his. Regardless, even if he doesn't play next week, which I don't expect him to, is because when you think, minus Dak Prescott, when you think about other people who were in the MVP race, Tua was in it a little bit, Tyreek Hill was in it, Lamar went up against those guys. Obviously, he doesn't play defense, but you saw his impact in the game that he went right up against those teams versus their impact in the game. And then, of course, last week, Brock Purdy was up for MVP conversation, Christian McCaffrey was as well. And then you saw it last week too, Lamar's impact in that game versus those two MVP candidates, uh, versus their impact. So it's, um, Lamar really like, he showed, Hey, this this is why. And I, I really appreciate too, how people like, cause usually I, and I get it that with the MVP races, it's about numbers. It's about stats. Uh, so I get that, but. I really appreciate how this year when it's come to Lamar Jackson, uh people are not just looking at the numbers. They're realizing that Lamar Jackson's value as the the, the quarterback for the Ravens, it, it goes a lot deeper than just the numbers. And just straight up, I I think for um for to really see somebody's impact on a team you think about what that team is with that person, but then you think about what that team is without that person. And we unfortunately know how the Baltimore Ravens are without a Lamar Jackson. They are just yes, it's it's not pretty. Um, yeah, we but, saw
0: it last year, the year before. So. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so with uh with Lamar Jackson, we all obviously know uh they they're just a much better team with him than without him, and it's it's drastically different. Uh, so Lamar Jackson definitely. Let it be known and show that he is the MVP, um, but that it also, it just goes beyond numbers too.
0: Oh yeah. My opinion on the MVP, just like it kind of my opinion on the Heisman in college. I think when you look at those awards, I think they should go to a player that kind of just tells the story of the season as a whole. Like when you look back on that year, that season of the league in general, you're going to remember that player, and I think that's what mm. Lamar is. Like, the 49ers, people don't need to get it twisted. I still believe that's easily the best team in the NFC. Lamar just went into San Francisco last week and ran them off the field. This week we played the Dolphins and that high-fly, flashy offense with Tua Tyree. Granted, they didn't have Waddle, but mm-hmm. the Dolphins are still kind of known for that. Well, Lamar, once again, just kind of ran them off the field, so – Really, I just don't think the MVP race is close at all. Like, I think Lamar's ahead by a country mile, and it's locked up.
1: Yeah, I agree, man. It um, there were some moments where it was close, but these like the way that the NFL schedule it worked out, and just Lamar Jackson the Ravens being able to go against these two opponents, uh, we being two out of the last three games the Forty ers and the uh, the Dolphins. And them having several MVP candidates on each team. Um, uh, but seeing Lamar and what he did to those teams, it just, it makes a big difference. And, and another thing too, it's like, it's not like those are bad defenses that he was going against. Like you mentioned a couple minutes ago, the Dolphins, they got a really good defense, a really nice front. And then obviously the San Francisco 49ers, they got a great defense, but Lamar took care of business against both teams in, in a big way. So he really showed like he, he steps it up another level. Um, when it comes to going up against the best teams and I, and I don't know if you remember this stat that had um they showed it during the Monday Night Football game against the 49ers that Lamar Jackson is crazy stat um where Lamar Jackson is undefeated I think 6 and 0 or 7 and 0 against top 5 defenses top 5 scoring defenses on the road so when Lamar is up against the, the best scoring defenses in the league and it's an away game he doesn't lose he hasn't lost. Um, so that, that's just insane to me. But that shows how Lamar Jackson he really steps it up uh against the toughest competitors.
0: Oh yeah, no, he definitely rises to the moment. Now uh before we go, you want to talk about the Steelers game next week a little bit, even though we will be resting uh the starters? Most yeah, likely. I,
1: I, I expect them to rest the starters. Um <clears throat> We'll see though. Maybe they play them for a tiny, but I, I don't really think so. Um, the game next week, I mean, I guess it's all, it, it could almost possibly be like a preseason game. Um, maybe you let some guys who, uh, maybe like a Pepe Williams, maybe let him get his game on for that game or whatnot. Um, but it's just, it's not an important game. Uh, I would still love for the Ravens to win, but if they don't, it's like, okay, no, nothing changes. They, they'll still be at the crib for the playoffs. Um, I, uh, I, I do love, though, the fact that we can even have the conversation about resting starters in the last game of the regular season. Um, that, that just, that speaks volumes. We, we talked about earlier how there have been, um, in the past couple of years, we know what the Ravens are like without, uh, Lamar Jackson. So the past two years, he's missed, uh, the end of November, December. He's missed the end of the regular season. Uh, so we haven't had him. But when Lamar is with the Ravens, like they're, they're in the playoffs. Um, they're a playoff team. They're a winning team. Uh, so that makes a big difference. But back to these Steelers. Uh, I, I just think it's going to be a game, uh, where the backups, they are doing their thing. I could see Tyler Huntley. Uh, Melvin Gordon, um, Charlie Kohler, uh, I, I just, I think it's gonna be a lot of backups in this game. Um, and maybe some guys who have been on the inactive list all year, like a Josh Johnson, uh, like a Sala. I, I could see a lot of those guys just getting some play time, uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And hey, hopefully, because if, if the backups are in, then, uh, obviously the Steelers will be favored to win that game, but, Hopefully the Baltimore Ravens backups, if they end up being the ones that start, and then they can pull off a nice little upset to send us into the playoffs with a win over Pittsburgh.
0: Oh yeah. And just being like a Ravens fan for like 15 years now, I, I just know like when it comes to those Ravens Steelers games, it don't matter who's playing in those games. We either back then it was like, Flacco or Suggs, Lewis, Reed, Nada, or for the Steelers, Big Ben, uh, Troy Polamalu, James Harrison, whoever. It it, it never mattered because those games are always close because these two teams, Mike Tomlin, John Harbaugh, they just know each other so well. And even if the Ravens do rest their starters next week, this team's still going to be extremely motivated, especially if they have the opportunity to in the Steelers season. If the Steelers aren't officially eliminated, the Ravens are definitely going to want to like put the stamp on that and send them home. So, regardless, I think this team's going to be extremely motivated next week and it'll be a close game regardless who plays. Mhm. That's a
1: that's a really good point. Um especially when you talk about that that extra motivation that they could have to possibly end the Pittsburgh Steelers season. Um so that yeah, that that could just give them a little more push, and a little more reason to uh, to really just go for it.
0: Oh yeah, so I think that's going to do this for this pod. I would like to thank Engraven for joining. Would you like to tell everyone where they can find you at?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and thanks again for for having me on. Appreciate that. Um, you can find me on YouTube, uh, Twitter. Uh Instagram, everything is Engraven vids, even Facebook too. Uh it's Engraven vids. Um obviously we a Ravens fan. We talk Ravens football uh, all day, every day. Um daily videos. Uh so come through. You everybody's more than welcome. Uh, and let's have a good time and let's see how these Ravens do.
0: Yes, sir. So I would like to thank everybody for tuning in. If you could, could you leave this podcast a good review on Apple podcast hopefully we will get it up to Spotify soon that's kind of been tricky but yeah so I'd like to thank everyone for listening and great win today number one seed in the AFC AFC North champs and yeah let's go Ravens